Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos. I'm Tracy Canella, and I'm here to help you learn all about chaos, how it can show up in your life, and how you can learn to manage it. You may be wondering who I am and what I know about chaos. Well, I'm a licensed mental health counselor with over 16 years of experience counseling people who struggle with some really difficult situations. And I've had even more experience successfully managing my own chaotic life. So the purpose of this podcast is not to tell you what you should and shouldn't do to calm the chaos in your life. Rather, this podcast will offer you a new way of looking at and managing chaos through my own personal stories. I'll also offer you some tips, tools, and techniques I've learned from my education, training, and experience as a counselor, and as someone who has learned how to move through chaos and toward a peaceful, more enjoyable life. As you listen to this podcast, just know that although I am a licensed mental health counselor, this podcast is not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. If you're really struggling with something and you don't have a counselor, I strongly recommend that you find a licensed counselor in your area. You can do this by calling your local crisis line or by going to www.psychologytoday.com and doing a search for counselors in your area. That being said, now let the chaos begin. Today's episode is called, What is Chaos? And Why Should I Care Anyway? We'll be talking about what chaos is, the different ways it can appear in your life, and what emotions can show up when chaos shows up. Emotions like stress, worry, anxiety, fear, anger, or even shame, sadness, or depression. Then, I'll tell you a story from my own chaotic life, which I'm sure you'll appreciate knowing that I'm a therapist and all. During the story, try thinking about what you would have done in this situation. And at the end of the story, I'll point out the ways I believe I handled this situation effectively and ineffectively, and also what I learned from the experience. I will also give you some tips and tools you can use to handle a similar situation. Well, let's start with chaos. What is it anyway? According to definitions, chaos can have several. One, complete disorder. Two, unpredictable behavior. Three, is a random or intense situation. Four, Small changes that happen in bundles or are sensitive in nature. Five, general disorganization. Six, this is my favorite, a confused mass or mixture. Sounds like me in the kitchen, right? This is how chaos can show up in your life. I want to explain the two different ways that chaos can show up in your life. The first way is real chaos. Now, this is life-threatening emergencies, including anything uncontained, like floods, fires, traffic accidents. It can even be like mass shootings or murders, riots, 
and even something like a power outage. The second way that chaos can show up in your life is perceived chaos. This is when your mind thinks that there is a life-threatening situation or emergency, but it really is only in your mind. Yes, it's stressful, but it's not life-threatening. Those things that sort of feel chaotic and are disorganized, random or intense, and are just too much. Kind of like I feel when I look in the mailbox and see a bunch of ads, or when I open my very cluttered hall closet. We'll be spending most of our time in this episode talking about perceived chaos, because that's the story I have to tell. It's not about a natural disaster or anything emergent. But the skills, tips, and tools I'll give you in this episode can also help you through a time of real chaos. If you do find yourself in the midst of a real chaos, the best thing you can do is call 911 or ask for help immediately from a neighbor or a friend. Here are some examples of perceived chaos, starting with the list I gave you earlier with the definitions, complete disorder. I could say this about my life every time I open my hall closet. I cannot ever find what I'm looking for in there. I just get frustrated and sometimes groan in frustration, roll my eyes, and start digging for whatever it is I'm supposed to find. It is not fun, and then I feel angry and sad and ashamed of myself for not keeping my closet in better order. Now, all those emotions that I just mentioned to you, they're not only occurring because I'm having this perceived chaos. There are emotions that are happening because I'm having emotions. For example, I feel angry about the condition of my closet, and then I feel shame about feeling angry. Get it? Another example of perceived chaos, unpredictable behavior. I could say this about my cats. I just love my cats. And one cat will pee on the couch, the other one will jump on the roof. And another one has just left a smelly mess in the litter box for me to clean up. This is not fun either, and I feel like it's chaos. I feel those emotions of frustration and worry and sad. Maybe there's something wrong with these cats. Maybe there's something wrong with me. And then I feel angry or upset at myself because all these things just aren't going the way I'd hoped they'd go. This is a great example of how emotions can happen on top of emotions and make chaos even worse. Another example of perceived chaos is random or intense situations. This is what today's story is about, so stay tuned for more on that. Another example of perceived chaos, small changes that can happen in bundles or are sensitive in nature. Oh my goodness, there are plenty of days this happens to me. For example, I'll tell you about one day. I had to get up early, but I forgot to set my alarm. I woke up late. I stubbed my toe running around trying to get ready. It tripped over a cat in the dark hallway. And when I was making my tea, I noticed that the garbage really stunk, which made me sick to my stomach. I drank some of my Zen tea, but it burned my mouth. Went to the bathroom and found out I was out of toilet paper. I'm scrambling to get ready, but I don't know where I left my phone, which can't be called because it's always set on silent. 
The cats are fighting. I think they sense that I'm upset. And so I spend extra time trying to separate them, putting them in different rooms. When I get in the shower, finally, soap gets in my eyes. And so when I arrive for my first client, I look like I'm stoned. And then when I'm in the midst of an emotional session with a client, I run out of tissues. So many emotions go on as a therapist in therapy sessions. And I'll talk a little bit more about how contagious emotions can be from other people. And the last example of perceived chaos is a confused mass or mixture. This is exactly what happens every time I try out a new recipe or get in the kitchen in general. Especially when the lid to my salad pops open and flips upside down in my lunchbox, which is completely awesome. These situations, while they cause stress and seem chaotic, are only in my mind life-threatening and very emotionally charging. There are plenty of feelings happening, but nobody's in danger of being hurt. There is no emergency. It just feels like it. So this will lead us up to emotions. Emotions, or feelings, will happen whether we want them to or not. And if that isn't enough, as I've said before, not only do we have emotions during real and perceived chaos, but we also have emotions about our emotions. The best example of this is when I'm feeling frustrated or sad, and then I feel angry about feeling frustrated and sad, which makes me feel even more frustrated and sad. How's that for a triple whammy of emotions? We will talk more about emotions in a later podcast. But for now, just know that when we experience real or perceived chaos, changes take place in our brains that cause thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And in crisis, what we tend to do is go into fight, flight, or freeze. And we'll talk more about these responses to emotions later in this episode. In the meantime, I'm going to tell you a story that happened to me just recently. I'm going about my business one morning when I hear a scream and an oh no come from my home office. It is my husband who is my administrative manager. I think, oh no, just like he said, oh no, we have a problem. There's something wrong. I race into the office to see what's the matter and I see that he's holding a piece of paper. I panic. I actually notice myself start to sweat. He's holding a piece of paper, and he's looking very upset. He's shaking his head, and then he looks up at me and says, I don't know what this is all about. He is panicking. This is a great example of how emotions can be contagious. He panics. I panic. Why? Well, it has to do with my business, right? I'm thinking that because he is at the desk in our home office doing business and he has a paper in his hand and he is saying, oh no, my brain doesn't have that much time to process it, but I'll tell you what, in a split second, my body was sweating, my eyes were bugging, my heart was racing all over a piece of paper. As I move closer to my husband, I notice that the piece of paper isn't even about my business. It's about some stock shares that he owns in Pier 1. 
He's just shaking his head and looking at me and saying, I don't think I have this stock certificate. It was the original 10.19 shares of Pure One that they issued to me upon my employment back in 2003. I say, what is going on here? I enter right into his panic with him. We, together, have entered a chaotic situation. Or so I thought. Or so I felt. Actually, it was a situation of perceived chaos. My husband assumed we could not find the stock certificate. And I panicked. And I thought, no, I don't know where it is either. It was for 10.19 shares of a stock that's not even worth $6 a share now. I didn't stop to think that through in the moment. I raced to where we kept our secret documents and I pulled everything out. And I found the certificate safe and sound. And yet all this panic, all this chaos, for what? 10.19 shares of Pier 1 stock at $6 per share? Was that really worth it? I have to give myself credit, though. I was able to recognize in the moment that my heart was racing, I was sweating, and I had all these racing thoughts. I did pause to take a couple of deep breaths. But my behaviors were probably not the best. I was frantically looking through files and papers and cursing, throwing hands up in the air, shaking my head, accusing, blaming my husband. I got kind of mean, too. And I'm not known for my patience, so yes, I got a little bit impatient. I told him, I just don't have time for this. Boy, oh boy. If I could just do what I tell my clients to do, right? Emotions took over me, and this is a great example from my life about how his emotions were contagious and caused me to panic and behave in ways that I wish I hadn't. So now looking back at that situation, what would you have done in a similar situation? Would you have acted like I acted? Better, worse, or about the same? When I look back on that situation... I know that I had some sort of awareness of what was going on with my panic, but I think a little bit more awareness of the situation and the gravity of the situation might have helped me. I mean, what really mattered anyway? If we had lost the stock certificate, it wasn't that much money, and it was from a long time ago anyway. The stock had gone down substantially. I was aware, but I wasn't as aware as I could have been. A daily mindfulness practice can help you recognize and be more aware in your life. And I'll talk more about mindfulness in a couple of minutes. I think I also could have taken a step back, took a little bit more breathing room, physically calmed myself down. This is important because when we have chaos, we usually have fear. And when we have fear, we usually stop breathing. So it's really important to continue to breathe in a couple of different ways. One, you can take in as much air as you can into your lungs, hold it for eight seconds, and then let it out slowly through your mouth as slowly as you can. Do this as many times as possible. This really helps with panic and anxiety when you are in chaos. Another thing I think I could have done differently was be more aware of symptoms of shock. 
It may shock you to know that I was in shock. Now looking back, I can totally see I was in sympathetic shock, which means I was freaking out. Symptoms of shock are present when you have the urge to fight, flight, or freeze. And I was fighting and flighting. I definitely wasn't freezing. I could have been more aware and treated my shock. That is, I could have used more awareness through mindfulness and through breathing and possibly using a technique called self-soothing, which we'll go into on a later podcast. Where I really think I failed was my behavior. The things that I did, said, and accused my husband of, they really weren't necessary. What I should have done was decided what really matters now in this moment. And this is going to be different for each of us. It does have to do with our values, what means the most to us in the moment. For some, it could be yelling at the top of the lungs and freaking out in panic, fighting. And for others, it could be escaping, using drugs or alcohol, smoking, or just pretending there's no problem, or running away and say, you deal with it. That's flight. And still others, it could be that deer-in-the-headlight look, just standing still and not knowing what to do and doing nothing. I took a lot of actions I wish I hadn't. And so my task in the future is to be able to stop, decide what really matters, which is my relationship with my husband and being calm, and then acting toward my values. Now, I've already given you one breathing skill to calm you down. Another one is known as square breathing. Square meaning four equal sides. So you can remember square breathing as a series of four fours. You start by breathing in to the count of four. One, two, three, four. And you pause for four counts. One, two, three, four. Breathe out for four counts. One, two, three, four. And pause for four counts. One, two, three, four. Both of these breathing techniques provide you with necessary oxygen to your brain that will help you solve problems. And both of these techniques will also distract you so that you're not panicking so much. So now that you have a couple of new skills under your belt, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about mindfulness. Mindfulness is a big buzzword these days, but it really does help in situations where you feel like your thoughts are out of control or chaotic. It's kind of like your mind is a TV set and the channels keep switching around and you don't have any control of what you're watching. Just imagine this happening to you on your TV set. You're in the middle of a comedy show and then all of a sudden a murder mystery comes along and then something romantic and then something suspenseful and then the animal planet. Mindfulness helps you to take control over your mind, kind of like having that remote control over that TV set. When you practice mindfulness, it makes you more capable of taking control over your mind. And helping calm your mind is really what you need in times of chaos. The official definition of mindfulness is an intentional focus 
on one thing at a time, which is actually noticing thoughts and feelings as they arise without judging them, and then gently shifting your focus back onto what you were thinking about in the first place. Slowing down the process, taking one thing at a time, and also intentional practices each day. I'll often suggest to clients that they find a daily mindfulness practice. Even if it's something simple like brushing your teeth or making coffee, just focus on that. About five minutes a day is all it takes. And after a while, your mind will become stronger. You will be able to focus better and with more intention and will be able to solve more problems. Which is important in times of chaos, don't you think? Being aware and having a strong mind and decision-making skills during chaotic moments in your life is what this podcast is all about. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos. I hope that the information in today's podcast gave you some simple tips and tools and some valuable resources that will help you recognize and move through chaos and into a calmer and more peaceful life. If you like this podcast and found it helpful, please consider subscribing to it and share it with your friends. You can also check out my website at www.lokahicounseling.com. That is L-O-K-A-H-I-C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G.com. On my website, you can get more information about me and a link to a CD I created that can help you learn a process to quiet your mind. You can also visit my open Facebook group called Calming the Chaos for the latest updates on my podcast and for more resources and insights. I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.